Show me that smile again Don't waste another minute on you crying We're nowhere Oh Shit What? I forgot the Growing pains uh, That would be enjoyable <laughs> I've never actually watched that show so What? You've never watched Growing Pains? Nope Uh like I was that for a cold open? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, we're the Feminist Critique, where we review movies. And uh, we put them to both the feminist and inclusive tests. And then we ask the most important question. Is it good? So that's what we do. Yeah. And we're recording from a new studio. We are. Yeah. So uh, as many of you may know because we've mentioned it a million times. Uh, I moved to the other side of the province. I have a new job. And I do have my own personal recording studio, so that's very exciting. Um, but, you know, the sound's going to be a little bit off. I, I I know that there's, like, a little bit of a sound in the background, and there's not much I can really do about that. Probably an echo, too. Yeah, so there's... It, it is what it is, and, you know, we're just kind of make do with what we got right so and i'm also back from vacation yeah yeah see even though we've been consecutively putting out our episodes we actually haven't recorded in like three weeks in that time um i got a 24-hour facebook ban yay me yeah you did (laughs) but what how did that happen Oh, see, there was this amazing article on a local newspaper, the Post and Courier, about how this guy had went to a women's business owner convention and took off his pants and waved his dick around. And I said in the comments section, this is why some women think men are trash. I got flagged for hate speech. Yeah, so, because <laughs> um, that's what we do here at the Feminist Critique. We spout hate speech towards men because some men are trash but remember guys not all men not all men yep there's always oh my god there was a fucking article from the fem from a feminist website that i watch and it was about how w- this holiday season your daughters do not owe people hugs and every fucking time there's some dude well what about our sons well, I think just that's just like, I think obviously. that we should, well, yeah, I think it's obvious that, you know, especially with, you know, Christmas coming around and the holiday season, um, if your child does not want to hug somebody, don't make them hug somebody. It's it's really that simple. Yeah. Don't make your child hug someone. Like, let them have body autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> that's because, all we're asking. Exactly. Let them have boundaries. Exactly. Um, speaking of the holiday season, uh... This is kind of an in-betweener to get us onto, well, we aren't doing Christmas movies this year, but we're going to do aren't, this Christmas aren't we? movie. Aren't we? Well. We might do one Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to tell you what and it is. It's going to be a surprise. Also, it was supposed to be Die Hard, which we discussed, but we're not doing Die Hard anymore. We're doing something else. Yay. And Yay. you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We might do Die Hard. I might be able to convince Gracie because I've Jesus never actually Christ, seen no, it. That is, 
That is going to be... If we do Die Hard, that'll be six episodes. I do not want to record six episodes over the holiday season. Six episodes? What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, we're doing two two two-parters in December. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) So much work. Um, Okay, so... The movie that we are doing is called Saving Christmas, also known as Kurt Cameron's Saving Christmas. You know how a few weeks ago, when we watched Old Fashioned, I said that was the worst movie that we had ever done? Yeah. I lied. This is the worst movie that we've ever done. I thought it was pretty bar. I thought it was pretty good. You thought it was pretty good? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I was like, hey, this has some good family morals and stuff in it. No. Yay, capitalism and materialism rule. Also Jesus. Um, Okay. Somewhere in there. Okay, um, I'll give you some stats. Yeah. And then we'll get into this quote unquote movie. Y'all, this movie was an hour and 15 minutes long. You could literally cut 30 minutes of it. Yeah. It would not affect it at all. Um, anyway, this had a Rotten Tomatoes score of 0%. Yikes. As far as critical. Wow. Um, and then it had a box office of $2.7 million. Oh, shit. I skipped where it had 30% audience. Oh, okay. So <laughs> okay, yeah. some so people it liked it? Audience. <laughs> so, like, some people liked it, maybe? God, I can't remember what our bad movie month was, but, like, I think this is one of the lower Rotten Tomatoes scores we've gotten, but I don't think it's actually the lowest one. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, it had a budget of five hundred thousand and a box office of two point seven million. It amazingly made three times what it took to make it. Really. It was directed by Darren Doan, who's mostly known for his music videos. Um, and Black a movie called Black Friday. He co wrote this with a guy named Chester Hervey, and they both worked on an amazing film called The Free Speech Free Speech Apocalypse. I'm going to take a guess and say that it's probably something else that Liberty University sponsored. I I don't know. I I don't know either. I don't it know sounds any. Like it's, it sounds like a right-wing Fox News talking point. Well, like, <laughs> didn't he... He also uh, directed Unstoppable, another Kirk Cameron's movie. I don't know anything about that one. I um I've never watched and, any of them, so And it cast it cast Kurt Cameron, who's the only build person on this whole fucking movie. What are and you he plays about? himself. What are you talking about? I'm pretty sure his sister was in this. Not the not the one everybody knows. It wasn't Candace. No, it was it, Bridget. It was basically the Jan. <laughs> uh, I'm the Jan of my family too <laughs> she's the one that goes Cameron 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 instead of Marsha 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 yeah <laughs> um, and Darren Doan who directed and wrote this movie also starred as Christian um, and, but Kurt Cameron you know him from uh, Growing Pains and 
evangelical movies like Left Behind and Fireproof. Um, Fireproof actually is probably the best movie that I've seen come out of the evangelical Christian movies. That's not saying much. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so let's get started talking about this movie. That's all I got. That's all I got. It's literally nothing. <laughs> this movie was sponsored by Liberty University. In case you don't know, Liberty University is a right-wing evangelical Christian college the head of the university, Jerry Falwell, huge Trump fan. They believe in the war on Christmas and that, Which, uh, you know. Okay, I don't, like, get this whole, like, what the fuck is this war on Christmas that everybody's talking about? Like, I have legit never heard somebody actually come up to me and be like, you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas. Nobody fucking does that, ever. Atheists celebrate Christmas. Muslim, some Muslims. Is, well, that's the thing. Some Muslims celebrate Christmas. Like, yeah. I think, as someone who believes starkly in a separation of church and state, I do not think that public money should fund Christian-related uh, holidays while not also putting money towards Muslim and Jewish holidays. I feel like if you're going to support Christian holidays, because we live in a free society where everyone is equal, or supposed to be anyway, if you're putting money towards Christianity, you have to do it towards everybody else. So it's just easier to just not do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so the movie opens with Kirk sitting in a Macy's commercial basically yeah uh, in I, front of a fake fireplace holding a cup of hot chocolate that has no hot chocolate in it and he's like it's a fucking empty cup yeah <laughs> that, well that's most things <laughs> but, but the, he he basically gives us the thesis of this movie because this is not a movie this is a hour and 15 minute long sermon with cutscenes yeah, I felt like it was trying to be a university paper. Like, like welcome to my TED Talk. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's a less entertaining version of Lindsay Ellis's video e video essays. That's what this was. It was a video essay Pretty. that cost $500,000. He could have done this entire thing on YouTube, and it wouldn't have cost him anything to do it. Yeah. Like, like maybe maybe a thousand bucks and he could have done the same thing but anyways yeah so, so it start it yeah it starts off and it's like what uh seven minutes of him just talking about how some people are against christmas and other people are trying to take the holiday away and how like all this shit and you're like mm, nobody nobody fucking does this yeah, he's, he's basically saying there are outsiders to Christianity who tell us that we should tone down our Christmas spirit. Nobody's fucking doing that, dude. Nobody, like, except for the assholes that hate Christmas. Yeah, but, Which... like, I mean, they are such a minority of people that, like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be worried about the people who dislike Christmas. Just, like, I don't know, enjoy your Christmas and don't worry about those other assholes. Right? And then he said, but there's also people who are Christian who think that we should chuck out all of the holiday cheer. Chuck it all out the window. And, and he, of course, is talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> or people 
who don't celebrate Christmas in the modern commercialized sense. Well, yeah, he is and- talking about, like, fundamentalist Christians. So it, he's kind of, like, also talking about, you know, his, like, one side and then the other side. So... And how Christmas is, you know, too pagan or too materialistic, which we've and all heard. Ent- Sorry. The entire thesis of this video essay masquerading as a movie is that Christmas in its materialistic, capitalistic form that we know today, this commercial version of Christmas, is 100% Christian. 100. Yeah. Like... That's the entire point of this movie. Which... Yeah. Uh, no? Like, I think Christmas is just a mixed bag of different cultures and different, you know, ideas and stuff that all kind of, you know, came together as one. Yeah. So, he talks. It takes nearly eight minutes before we get the opening credits to this movie, which take another three to get through. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, I'm counting the minutes because it's agony. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't this wasn't like a fun movie to watch. It was kind of boring and like it didn't really get me into the holiday cheer, but basically it starts off after like, you know, the credits. Um, it goes to the main narrative, which Cameron attends a Christmas party at his sister's house. And there he notices that his brother-in-law, Christian, is not celebrating like the other guests. He's not, you know, getting in with the holiday cheer because of, you know, whatever reason. And uh, Kurt Cameron is, of course, like, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't be the asshole. Um, Don't be a Scrooge, Christian. Pretty much. (laughs) Now, the thing, like, so Christian goes off and does, like, his own thing. Like, he's sitting in the car just trying to get away. And then... I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe Christian is just, like, super depressed. Like, that just happens to people someday, sometimes. And, like, here's Kurt coming in there being like, no, you're being an ass. He he doesn't knock on the fucking car door. He just opens the car door and gets in. Like, you super overbearing smug piece of shit. Leave Christian alone. (laughs) Yeah, and then he... He's just like, you're being an asshole because you're not celebrating with everybody else. And it's like, you don't know, maybe his dad or maybe his dad or his mom died around Christmas. Like, shit can happen. Some people don't celebrate for, you know, whatever reason. And we don't get backstory. (laughs) No, exactly. But, But Christian, you know, he's sitting there and he's like, God, you know, I'm. I saw this girl at the store the other day and she was screaming at her mother about something that she wanted. And, you know, I just like, look at all those fucking presents we have in there. Like we could have used that money to feed hungry people or dig wells. And I was like, who fucking dig digs wells in America? Well, yeah, like nobody. Well, cause I'm but thinking about point though. Like, well, I'm thinking about like the Christian people who, they go off and um missionaries yeah missionaries like they go off to to africa take a few pictures with black children and they did so well right so it's all it's plastered all over their facebook look at me charity-cations. Uh, yeah charity i'm helping poor people 
God, okay. those are the worst fucking white people. Yeah. <laughs> um. um, But, like, he had a point, though. He's like, God, you know, like, the materialism is so fucking, like, it's too much. Like, we, we don't need to spend this much money on all those decorations. And, like, you know, I... I fucking, like, Jesus is the reason for the season, because he's a very strict Christian, and he's like, Jesus is the reason for the season, and all we have to show of Jesus is a fucking snow globe, and it's sitting in a corner, and then Kirk says, what the fuck is wrong with you, without saying fuck? Yeah. And he's like, you're talking crazy, you know, you're you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh my god. When he said that, I was just like... I cringed. Yeah. That's it's kind of well like the rec- thing about sorry, go on. The 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 expression drinking the Kool-Aid is first of all it was fucking flavor aid. Yeah. Second of all, that refers to a horrific event dealing with Jim Jones and People's Temple, where nine hundred and some odd people died and at least a third of them were murdered. It wasn't a complete mass suicide. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend the last podcast on the left episodes of Jonestown for full clarity. And that's the thing. We've been making those jokes for years. Like, we make a joke about a tragic, horrific event where 900 people died. And... uh, and we're like, oh, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't. <laughs> okay, Jim Jones. You know, like, holy fuck. Yeah, it, it cringes now. Like, when you know the full context of where that came from, like, ugh. It's a bad joke that needs to retire. And both sides use it. Yes. Left and right wing, mm-hmm. liberal and conservative. If I see one more person say, y'all are drinking the Trump Kool-Aid, I'm going to fucking kill you, okay? let Don't. Stop yeah. it. It's Bad. Triggered. <laughs> um, okay, so. <laughs> but, yeah, so he says that, and then he's like, you know, Jesus is all around our commercialized consumerness of Christmas. And, by the way, I, I have to say... When it comes to Christmas in general, like, I'm not a very religious person, but I do feel that Christmas is a very overwhelming time that, you know, and I love Christmas. I think it's a really fun time of year, but it can get a little bit overwhelming, especially if you work in retail, you poor bastards. Holy shit. It's the worst time of the year. Especially because you got that, and you got that fucking shitty Christmas music that's in the background, and you're just like, I want to fucking die. Christmas music starts playing the day after fucking Halloween, and it doesn't stop. Yeah, well, it's a little (laughs) bit different in Canada because we have this thing where we want you to like not have anything Christmas until after Remembrance Day, Um, and anything that does have Christmas before Remembrance Day is heavily criticized. And the reason for that is because, you know, Remembrance Day is what it is. Yeah. Veterans Day, Remembrance Day, yeah. Armistice Day, however you refer Although to Although I do have to say, uh, so we were in the States for Remembrance Day and it was the first time we ever were, but we still did the two minutes of silence, is, which is something we do here in Canada and uh, and other parts of the Commonwealth where we, you know, stay silent for two minutes 
And um, we were all in like the cabana in Florida, like doing the two minutes of silence. But my mom was walking back and saw us doing the two minutes of silence and she just stopped. And she was by the hot tub. And these two kids were like, what the fuck is this lady doing? They were just staring at her. And then this other lady came up to her and was like, oh, I love your dress. And my mom didn't say anything. She was just standing there like like it was a weird sim sort of thing, like a glitch in the system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, but, like, Kurt Cameron's whole entire thing to Christian is, like, just stop being so selfish and look at it from my perspective. Yeah. And then he's going to give us three different points. The first point, I don't exactly know where it came from. Yeah. Um, But the first point that he makes is, like, a fucking leap. He basically says that the birth of Jesus is a mirror image of the death of Jesus. Um, yeah, well, I was, like, watching this. I was like, man, is this fucking loose change? Like, that's how it feels. It feels like he's trying to explain this and, like, you know, the best way about the nativity. But then he's, like, you know, getting all these, like, little tiny things and, like, pricking them together or whatever, like, weaving them. And you're but just, like, mm, yeah. I mean, he says that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling and gifted with burial spices and then put in a feeding trough in a fucking cave. But the thing is, is that ancient people did not stable their horses and livestock in caves. They were in actual stables or lean-tos. Huh. Well, that's interesting. So his entire presentation of Jesus being born in a fucking cave is predicated on a falsehood. Now, I'm not denying there probably were some people that did use caves for livestock dwelling at night, but it wasn't a lot. <laughs> um, did you know, Gracie, that I was born in a cave? I can believe it. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but another thing is, is um, he mentions that uh, he was he was, you know, brought frankincense and myrrh. Murder. Murder. <laughs> Judas. Judas, no. I love that vine. <laughs> I told Ashley, just like, we're going to have to re- redo that vine and we're going to fuck it up. I don't care. I love that fucking vine. <laughs> I brought you frankincense and myrrh. Murder. No, Judas. <laughs> Oh, such a stupid <laughs> fucking vine. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, rest so. In peace, rest in peace, Jesus. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, shit. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. I just spelled rap. <laughs> Rapping Jesus. Rap Jesus and swaddling. I mean, there was a rap in this movie, but Gracie didn't watch oh, it. No. It was at the end, and I kind of oh. liked it in a weird way. Anyways, so... But anyway. Yeah, so it talks about the nativity, and uh, and he's talking about how, like, the baby Jesus was put, you know, in this, like, on top of a rock or whatever with, like, straw and shit, and, uh, 
and he was wrapped in swaddling like swaddling cloth which was foreshadowing his burial shroud and then claims that the gifts are you know uh what is used to treat dead bodies as a form of like primitive embalming which i don't know how like i gotta do some more research but i don't know it's a little fucked up um and Um, then he also says that uh the thing about herod's uh soldiers and the massacre mm -hmm. of the innocents like sorry was that part of the bible because i don't remember remember that Um, shit it was technically but it didn't happen the night jesus was born this happened like mary joseph and jesus in the bible had to flee to egypt for two years i want to say yeah it was and and the wise men didn't come to jesus on his birth night either the wise men um from context of the bible actually came to visit jesus while he was in egypt so he was already a fucking toddler when they came to see him with their gifts. And then they were all executed. Wait, who was? The three wise men. They were all executed. What? When did that yep, happen? They all died. They all died. They, nobody tells you that story. It's not cute. What? Um, which is another thing that they mention in the movie is like, you know, how they, they take the stories down and they like, you know, sanitize it. Which is funny that he's making a point of how we sanitize stories for younger generations because that's what Christians have done with the Bible. They've sanitized it. Yeah, like, I definitely did not know that the wise men had been killed. Yeah, and he makes this other fucking point of just, like, imagine the soldiers around Jesus, you know, like, trying to kill him, like... And then later what on is Mary movie, like taking out her fucking katana to like fend her baby <laughs> off? Like what is I'd happening watch here? That movie. I fucking would too. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. And then you know Joseph comes out with nunchucks, and it'd be like, <laughs> and then Jesus as a baby jumps up, and he just like fucking kicks Darren's soldiers in the face. I'm almost a hundred percent sure that's a robot chicken sketch somewhere no no it's that's what actually oh. happened it was called the night of the flying jesus oh sweet lord <laughs> crouching um, mary hen and jesus i don't know but like later on in this movie they end up like using fucking nutcrackers to represent herod's soldier <laughs> i'm like i'm pretty sure that was from the ballet the nutcracker but like i don't know it feels like that's more of a Russian sort of thing, not whatever the fuck Cameron was trying to do. Yeah, like, and after he finishes this weird-ass story about... Oh, and then he also puts the Christmas trees. Yeah, we're, we're getting to that. Okay. The first thing is about the swaddling cloth. And then Christian's like, oh, I never thought of the swaddling cloth thing. But, like, Kirk is making this point out of nothing. Like, there was no point to it for him to tell him this. Like, what is the wrapping supposed to represent exactly? Like, the wrapping of the presents? No, because they talk about that later on in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. He, But, like, Christian's like, oh, I never thought of the swaddling cloth thing. Oh, but, but what about Christmas trees? And what um, makes this but, even more hilarious is, like, Christian is played by the guy who directed this movie. Christian is funnier than fucking Kirk. It's yeah. like... Most of this had to have been ad-libbed, 
And so, like, Christian comes off as this manic person. (laughs) And it's kind of funny, but not funny enough. Like, if Kirk had better comedic timing, it probably would have been better. Yeah. But Kirk's response to everything is like, yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. I I understand. But, like, you're wrong. (laughs) It's like, Kirk Cameron, I know it's been a long time since Growing Pains, but, like... Maybe you need to go to another acting class. I was fucking watching that today. He has great comedic timing in that TV show. What happened, Kirk? Did the evangelicalism rot your brain? Apparently. Uh, But one of the weird things that happens is this weird fucking cutscene between the two segments of the Christmas tree and the swaddling cloth, where it's like this one black dude... I don't even remember his name. To um, be with you. Token D- black guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again. He was like, well, that's the thing. He was the only black, uh, like he black was a person. Walking, talking black stereotype. stereotype. Like, what is up with Christian movies and like stereotypes? Please stop it. Yeah, so anyways, um, yeah, he comes in and he's, like, talking with um, one of the other party guests, and they're discussing conspiracy theories, and it's and a the very... the war on Christmas. And the war on Christmas, and it's a really weird, like, moment where it's, like, it just doesn't really fit with the whole narrative. Not to mention, like, are we supposed to take it seriously? Is it supposed to be played as funny because it's like I saw it on Fox News so I know it's true but the thing is is like the people watching this movie watch Fox News and think everything off Fox is 100% true so like yeah I didn't I don't get I, it I, I didn't yeah I really like did not get this moment I was like uh okay and plus, plus the editing on it was so fucking bad that's another thing the editing in this movie was worse than old-fashioned. Which is saying something. Like, oh, well, there was, like, a few moments at the beginning where the, like, camera work was so fucking shaky that I was like, who fucking Isn't hired this fucking camera? earthquake? Yeah. <laughs> Did a storm hit no- um, Newfoundland? Like, shit. Sorry, that's a really obscure joke. I'm going to explain it anyways. Uh, basically, a storm hit Newfoundland yesterday, and it was so bad that it had like um, the 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 earthquake shit like went flying off the radar. It was shaking the island that bad. Oh wow! I know, fucking weird. But I don't know. I don't understand. Like, but they have their coffee mugs up, but you can tell that the but it's voiceover. It's oh yeah, it's voiceover. It's yeah. It's like he wasn't talking behind his fucking cup. It was dubbed because you could see his mouth moving and the words were not going with his mouth movement. Even though he was hiding his mouth behind a coffee cup, it was fucking weird and unnecessary. Yeah. Um so then we like go over to the next point um of this movie which is the Christmas tree, right? And oh, um Jesus. Okay, so the one they did not even say anything that had to do with the Christmas tree because um, the only reason why Christmas trees are popular in like say North America and Britain and stuff is because it was a German tradition, Otenenbaum. That 
They had a fucking song. Mm-hmm. And because um, Queen Victoria's husband, uh, Prince Albert, was ger- like Germanic, a Germanic prince, he brought that over to England. And that's what popularized the Christmas tree. And that was only maybe 150 years ago or so. It's just like... No woman that got married wore a white dress until Queen Victoria wore a white dress. Exactly. So, Ugh. like, when he was talking about Christmas trees and how it symbolizes Jesus on the cross, I was just like, what? No. Like, also, Christmas trees were not worshipped for for gods by Druids. Yeah. That's something he says. Um, another thing, Jesus was likely born in the spring because they Christian talks about how everybody knows that Jesus wasn't born in the winter. And Kirk's like, well, how do you know? Okay, Jesus was likely born in the spring or summer based on the fact that the census that is mentioned in the Bible about Jesus' birth likely would have taken place in the spring or summer when it was easier to travel. Yeah. Second of all, he says that the church has plenty of reasons to celebrate Christmas on December 25th. That has absolutely nothing to do with paganism or druids. And then he gives zero reasons. (laughs) He's like, he's like, the church has plenty of reasons as to why they could put the birth of Jesus on December 25th that have nothing to do with paganism does not give any reasons well that's the thing like um christmas trees so like i just quickly looked up the history and it is from like um early modern germany as well as uh like poland and lafia and like you know estonia yeah it's very scandinavian but like often that sort of uh baltic countries right and uh and then it was you know areas um it was like protestants that started you know, decorating their trees and bringing it into their homes and putting shit all over it. So it's like a pretty kind of recent thing in the last 500 years. It's it's not anything with yeah. to do with the Druids. Yeah, but, but uh, that's the least of the historical inaccuracies. Um, after he says that, you know, he also mentions that we celebrate Christmas during the darkest coldest time of the year and we you know put lights on the trees and around our yards to to show a light in the darkness does he not know how hemispheres work no because yeah it's cold in europe and north america it's 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 fucking hot in australia right now it's their summer yeah it's it's summer in south africa you know (laughs) <laughs> so what do they do when it comes to like Christmas carols and stuff? Like how could do they sing, you know, baby it's cold outside? I feel bad for them. There's no good Christmas songs for southern hemisphere people except Elise Navidad. Or maybe there's like that uh there's that um Hawaiian song. The Hawaiian What's Christmas Hawaiian thing? Like? You've never heard that? I love it. Nope. You'll have to show me after the podcast. Okay. Um, but, like, what I what I was starting to realize after he finished this part was that he was coming up with some weird circle jerk ideas to rationalize commercial things 
that exist in modern day Christmas and tying it back to biblical references that they don't link up to. Well, like, like another thing he says about the Christmas trees is that they represent the tree of life. Like from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And then there was, like, also the other thing that he, uh, Christian mentions, like, you know, the the anagram for Santa is Satan, right? And, like, <laughs> the only reason that that's even a thing is because, you know what? There are some kids out there that are dyslexic, okay? And you're just making fun of them. You know what? The funniest part, there were not any funny parts. The best part of this whole movie is when Christian is like, Santa, Santa fucking kicked Jesus right out the car and started rolling, rolling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was good. I was like, that's a joke that landed. The only one. It's the only time I laughed watching this movie. The rest of the movie, I was just confused. And as a history buff, I was angry as fuck because of... Yeah, so then Cameron um, tells the the story of St. Nicholas and then it also included the reenactment of the first council of um I'm gonna mispronounce this Nikai I suck I'm sorry Nikai Nisha I'm a fucking idiot treaty oh god kill me the Nisian treaty was a tribunal of bishops who came together to create the Bible and who also decided that Jesus was God in human form and they um, created the Holy Trinity there. This happened, I think, in like the six, the 300 AD, roughly. Um, also, where they decided what went in the Bible and what didn't. Uh, there's an entire, there's an entire uh, book called the Apocrypha where it's a whole bunch of books. You've got the book of Mary, the book of Enoch, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it involved the Roman emperor Constantine the first. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know the history that much, but, um, one of the things they say is that St. Nicholas was at Nicaea. He wasn't. It also says that he met a heretic named Arliss and smited him with just the touch of his hand. Okay, so he- when they sh- fucking showed this part, I was just like, why are we celebrating a murderer if this is the case? Like, cause, oh, because like, truth was on the line, Ashleen, and he had to kill him. Fuck being politically correct. <laughs> yeah, because... Literally, that's his line. He doesn't say fuck, but he's like, truth was on the line, so he had to do it. He wasn't being politically correct. For and the that's time. the thing, Saint everybody Nicholas was murdering everybody. Okay, <laughs> and like Saint Nicholas gets like super angry and like beats the shit out of um, Arius, right? And he's like, I'm pretty sure he killed him because he like threw well, him off that's a cliff. Might means, uh, uh, yeah. But I was just like, oh, so now, now we celebrate a murderer. That's cool. But. What a but badass, I guess. And that's but the thing. They're just like, oh, what a badass. Santa no, Claus no, no. is the let best. Me, let me let me clarify something. Arius, Arliss, wasn't a bishop. He wasn't even at the Nicene, the Nicene Tribunal. 
because he wasn't a bishop. He okay. wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have been there. Uh, so this story was full of lies, just like most of Christianity. <laughs> so uh, I just like I I'm speechless, honestly. Like I don't know how to explain how horrible a job this movie does of circle jerking this bullshit, <laughs> and, and then at the end of it, you know, there's too many there's too many long ass pauses between. Yeah, like it's like they put the extra pauses in to make sure that the movie reached eighty-five minutes so it could be deemed feature length. Oh my god! I know this movie was so or seventy-five minutes. Yeah, this movie was so fucking like long. Like they could have cut so much out of this movie, and it would be like the same thing. Yeah, so Christian's like, huh, I never thought about that before. Which is what he says after every single fucking Well, he was just, segment. he like joyously declares that Santa is the man because Kurt was like, Nicholas was bad, but in a good way because he killed somebody. <laughs> and apparently that's all it takes because Christian is a goddamn idiot. Yeah. And this is where I put in my notes, this movie is... It, this isn't so much a movie as it is a sermon with cutscenes. I honestly, th- this is what it is. So then we see Christian barrel out of the car into the house, and there's a slow motion of him looking at the presents and then diving into them. Okay, there was and- slow motion for most of this part. There was so much slow motion, and the only reason for it was to make this movie longer than it had to be. It's true. So, the Christmas presents. Imagine them as the new Jerusalem. And then, like, the token. That's what the presents represent. Well, because there's, what? like, all these parts where the token black guy is like, oh, somebody's on fire. And you're Ugh. like, mmm. Yikes. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Um, so he's like, imagine them. Imagine Christmas presents as the new Jerusalem because that's what the presents represent. No, they fucking don't. No, they don't. Yeah. And, and then, and then Christian's wife comes up to him and they have a talk and he's like, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. You know, you're right. Christmas is amazing. And she calls him Big Papa. And I'm like, ew. Oh, oh my God. Okay, this part, right? Right? Where she was like, <laughs> he's like, you deserve so much better. So I'm gonna, well, tell me about it, Big Papa. And I was like, <laughs> ew. And then, and then, like, I thought they were gonna fucking bang. Like, like <laughs> no, this is a Christian movie. But like, he's like, make love a hole in the sheet, and it's only for procreational purposes. Gross. <laughs> Does that mean that there's cum on the sheet? No. Oh. Oh, I sheet, guess. Asley. Oh, you don't want to spill your seed anywhere but inside. Exactly. Cool. Then. There's hip hop dancing, and it's yeah. the whitest people, white peopling that I've ever seen. It was, and it, it was bad. Five fucking minutes. It was very long. It was very fucking long. Like it was the longest scene of people dancing that I was just like. <sighs> 
When is like I skipped ahead because I was like, I do not give a fuck. I do not I give a too. fuck. I did too. I gave up after a minute and a half. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it needs to be over. And then we see them eating dinner. And like you get Kirk Cameron's fucking narration again. And he's like, don't buy into the complaint about materialism at Christmas. God wanted it because God came to us in a material body. It's all about materialism. Well, yeah, and he's like telling everybody to feast. Well, the well, that's the thing. He's telling everybody to like you know have this feast, and then suggests to the audience breaking the fourth wall to organize like the best dinner possible for Christmas, and not to forget that it's all just a celebration of God. So do whatever the fuck you want. It's very hedonistic and and not very Christian, honestly. Though, mm-hmm. because like Jesus. One of the one of the best quotes that Jesus says is that um, a rich man, uh, a camel can get through an eye of a needle quicker than a rich man can get into heaven, or easier, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but that's the gist of it. And Jesus talked about living not in poverty, but to take care of the poor. You know, yeah, help those. Jesus was a fucking socialist for the most part. He believed in helping those that needed it. He believed in helping the poor. He believed in healing the sick, not ostracizing the sick. Um, uh, healthcare. Yep. <laughs> that Americans don't have. Um, <laughs> and it's just like... Kirk Cameron's like, oh, well now your eyes are open. I'm like, my eyes are not open because this movie... This movie literally got everything wrong. Everything. Yeah, and pretty much at the end, he was like, this is my job and it's done. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, One hour, nine minutes, and 54 seconds, and the movie credits start. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there were... There was, like, criticism of this movie from, like, both sides. Like, like even uh, evangelical, like, Christians were like, yeah, this movie attempts to defend Christmas, but, like, just doesn't do a good job. I have a really great user review. Um, also, the after credit scenes, there's ten minutes of credits. Oh, yeah, and they were all, like, there were bloopers, but they weren't, like, fun bloopers. And then there was, like, this part that Gracie gave up on and did not watch where um, the two conspiracy <laughs> theorist people, they did, like, a, like a freestyle. Um, the one guy was beatboxing and the other guy did, like, this freestyle. And it was actually, like, it, it was, like, not lame. It was actually pretty decent, and I actually enjoyed that part, but it's the only part of the movie that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, this was not a fun watch. This is a do not recommend. Mm-hmm. Do not. Um, unless you're going to talk about it later, just to, like, fuck well, with like it. Like us. Because yeah, this like- is our job, our second job, apparently. <laughs> um, so... One of the things about this is that Kirk Cameron responded to the film's negative reviews in the worst way possible. (laughs) He made a public plea on Facebook to help. 
He said, help me storm the gates of Rotten Tomatoes. All of you who love Saving Christmas, go rate it at Rotten Tomatoes right now and send the message to all the critics that we, capital, capital we, decide that movies, what movies we want our families to see. If 2,000 of you out of almost 2 million on his page take a minute to rate Saving Christmas, it'll be the film, it'll give the film a huge boost and more will see it as a result. Thank you for all your help and support in putting the joy of Christ back in Christmas. The irony of putting the joy of Christ back in Christmas after making a movie that focuses on materialism and capitalism. Yeah. Um, so also about this movie. So this is like, I guess, um, are we on to trivia yet? Because like. Yeah, that's that was my trivia. Okay, cool. Because um, I got some trivia too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just let me get to it because I, I, I pressed the wrong button. Oops. Nope. Um, I should probably edit this part out, but I'm not gonna because I'm a dumbass. Um, okay. When, so, when also, are you good? Are yeah, you good? yeah, I am good. Um, so the Veggie Tales creator, uh, Paul Vischer, Phil uh, Vischer, yeah, he was asked to submit an opening segment f- for this film, and he respectfully declined. Just the, so you guys know, Veggie Tales is a masterpiece. I've never watched it, so. Don't. Um, And it was also the first Christmas-themed movie to win the Razzie Award for Worst Picture, though it wasn't the first holiday movie to be nominated. Now, this is another thing that I want to talk about, is that it it won big when it comes to the Golden Razzies in uh, 2015. It won Worst Picture, Worst Actor, which went to Kirk Cameron, um, it got worst screenplay and uh, worst screen combo, which was Kirk Cameron and his ego. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, his ego is—he, oh my god, he's a fucking—he's like a smug shithead. Like, I know. He's so fucking smug, and see, like Kirk Cameron turned into this smug shithead while he was doing Growing Pains. I think his, uh, one of his co-stars, I want to say it's Tracy Gold, who played his sister, talked about how he would stop doing scenes because he didn't like what his character was portraying. And he became such a piece of shit on set that that's why he doesn't have much of a presence in the eighth season and why they went, you know, Cousin Oliver on it and hired Leonardo DiCaprio. If you don't know what Cousin Oliver means... It's when the Brady Bunch declined in the ratings and they brought on a cousin Oliver and it ended up sinking the ship even faster. (laughs) Like, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't kill Growing Pains, but he also didn't help them. (laughs) Yeah. But it's because Kirk was being a shit. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, I have an amazing never never story. bring on a cousin Oliver. It's not going to help your TV show. And don't jump the shark either. Yep, that's what that's what that's what sank Happy Days. Yep, thanks Fonzie, <laughs> you bitch. Thanks. Um, so this was a user review on IMDb, 
by Tara Stoss. Um, they submitted this re user review on December 31st, 2014. And it's titled, Should Have Been Called Murdering Christmas. <laughs> okay. Forget the laughably shoddy production value, the overt preaching, and Kirk Cameron's epic social media temper tantrum when the film was critically panned. All you need to know is that Cameron's message about Christmas is the exact opposite of what one would expect from a movie called Saving Christmas. See, the whole Saving Christmas storyline has been played out in kids' movies and Hallmark specials over and over again. And it's always about stripping away the commercialism and the materialism and getting back into friends and family. Kirk does the exact opposite in this film. He celebrates and encourages rabid commercialism. And worst of all, he even attempts to justify his materialism and his greed and his narcissism by claiming that it's the good, proper, Christian thing to do. So if not for rabid consumerism, what is Kirk Cameron trying to save Christmas from? From people celebrating or even acknowledging the existence of other holidays besides Christmas? From non-Christians celebrating Christmas? And from Christians celebrating Christmas any other way other than what Kirk Cameron believes you should? In short, this 80 minutes of Kirk Cameron trying to cram 100 pounds of his self-absorbed discount salvation bullshit into a one-pound bag, slap Christmas spirit on it with a label maker, and hopelessly attempt to cram it down your throat. Unless you're a raving fascist fundamentalist who only hasn't watched this movie because you're afraid of what will happen if you turn your 24-7 Fox News feed off, this movie is guaranteed to make you very angry. It does to Christmas the exact opposite of what the title promises. It delivers unto Christ the biggest black eye in our lifetime. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Pretty much sums up what we've been saying the whole fucking time. Like, it's bad. It's just like you know, Hallmark will give you 30 movies with the exact same plot line but you know what? They're all fucking true in the end. All that matters around Christmas is love and family and friends. You don't need the presents. They're nice. You don't need them. You know? I always consider Christmas to be more about the charity and the season of giving and the season of love, you know? Not let's make huge feasts and, like, buy everything in the store because that's what Jesus would want. Gracie, is this your TED Talk? Yes, this is my <laughs> TED Talk. I am ranting because this movie is fucking horrible and it sends the wrong message. And it astounds me that Kirk Cameron has such a fucking platform to spew this bullshit. Yeah. It was dumb. God, it was the fucking worst. Like, this isn't even a fun thing to talk about. Like, we've laughed a couple of times, but, like, how long has this episode been going? 45 minutes? Um, 55, actually. So... Ah, sweet! We did good. I didn't think we were going to make it that long, but we ranted enough. Yeah. Um, so, this, yeah. This episode a... is almost as long as the movie. <laughs> yep. So, uh... Let's uh let's hear those tests cuz it did not pass any of them I assume. Bechdel test. Two named female characters speaking on screen alone together about something other than a man. The only main female character didn't even have her own name. 
And she had one line. Yep. Christian's just not feeling the holiday spirit. Also, Big Papa. I love you when you call me Big Papa. That's what I thought, honestly. I was like, I love it when you call me Big Papa. I quit. I'm too white for that. Um, (laughs) Same. Then we have the Macomori test, where we have a female character who has a storyline not based on pushing a male character arc forward. She Uh, literally has no, no injunction on the plot. Yeah. I mean, even that little girl in the weird Santa Claus thing, she had more lines. Um, <laughs> also, what was her fucking point? What point? The little girl in the Santa Claus thing. Was that like his daughter? Was that one of the reindeers? I don't know. I don't, was it his don't wife? Because that's gross. I don't know. Um, next, DuVernay test. Uh, people of color who have storylines that aren't about pushing a white narrative forward. Everybody was white except for one person, but he was token. Yeah, he didn't have a personality. Well, he had a personality, but it was walking, talking, black stereotype of like, I don't even know how to describe his character except as like over the top, almost like a sassy black woman, except it was a sassy black man kind of stereotype. Yeah. Like... Just the stereotype, though. Like, sassy black woman is like, I hate that fucking stereotype so much. But that's essentially what he was, except he was a man. Um, and then we have the, uh, um, not the DNA test, uh, the racial Bechdel test, which is two named people of color talking about something other than a white person. Uh, there are not two named people of color in this movie um, that talk together at all uh, alone. And then we have the sexy lamp test. Can you get rid of a named female character, replace her with the sexy lamp from a Christmas story? Yes, and all have of it them. Take away from the plot? All you could take them. away the only named female character and it wouldn't She didn't have a name though. Well, it's his sister, whatever whatever it, his her, sister's name is. Like in the movie, she was just Kurt's six sister. Like that was yeah, well. Yeah. So see, it, you can't even apply the sexy lamp test because there isn't a named woman. Yep. But we're going to give it a fail anyway. Fuck it. Um, then we have the Vito Russo test. Uh, are there any LGBTQA plus represented people who are more than just a walking, topping, walking talking LGBTQA stereotype and who have, you know, a substance and matter so- to the plot? So there was they a thing. Exist. So there was a thing between Kurt and Christian, right? Like there was there was something going on there. No. Oh. Well, I guess it fails another test. Uh yeah, and it, guess what? That's that's a fiver. That's boom, We haven't boom, had boom, one boom, of those boom. in a while. Yeah, we haven't had one of those since the fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> Even old fashioned passed a test. <laughs> yeah so um that movie sucked sucked ass alright so next week we're going to be doing romantic epics for uh December yeah so uh we're starting we're off with look... with 
our one of our faves. Yeah, Titanic. And because we are doing because we are doing Titanic, it is a four hour long movie. Well, three and a half. So what we're going to do is split it up, and we're actually not going to do any tests at the end of part one. We're going to wait till part two. Yeah. Um, most of our trivia will be in part two as well. We're kind of just like going to sum up the plot, make some points about the first part of the movie, about how fucking dumb it is, um, and stuff like that. Whatever. Uh, and then we're going to have a bonus episode in between the two parts of Titanic. Yeah. And then we'll have uh, Gone with the Wind as the other two. So... These are set in stone. We are watching Titanic and Gone with the Wind 100% for sure. Uh, The only one that you're not going to be able to watch is the bonus episode. (laughs) Because we're not going to tell you. Yeah. But I think you guys will know what it is. Knowing us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, Links. You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the feminist critique podcast. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. I am going to be working to put uh, Best Hits episodes on YouTube, and all episodes, starting with this one forward, will be on YouTube, so you can share video of the podcast with your friends, Um, and hopefully we'll gain more membership. Uh, Then we have a Patreon, which is the Feminist Critique podcast and we have a gmail which is the feminist critique podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything like that also give us some reviews we've got a couple of reviews on itunes i would love some more reviews from you guys we have reviews on itunes yeah we have a review we have one review on itunes oh my god i want to see it i didn't even know yay yeah well the way podcasts on iTunes work is it kind of hides all of the rating stuff at the bottom. So, like, I didn't notice until the other day. And it's a review from, like, August. And oh. Like, oh. Well, sorry. Okay. Well, I'm going to go and read it, like, right after this. Um, but, yeah. yeah, if you could, please review. Um, I mean, you don't have to be like, this is the greatest podcast ever. But, you know, we whether it's, you know, constructive criticism or whatever, we just... We want something uh, to make the podcast better for you. Yeah, and also the more reviews we get, like the more we know you're listening, we're going to start doing suggestions. Um, Like what movie? Like maybe one month, uh, like for our LGBTQA month coming up, we'll do a poll. Like what movie do you want to see us do? And then you can, you give us your submissions and, you know, we'll pick a winner, maybe do a giveaway, that kind of thing. Oh, by the way, we are also on Tumblr, and we are on uh, Twitter. Um, so on Tumblr as the Feminist Critique Podcast, and on Twitter as Feminist Critique without the E at the end. And uh, both me and Gracie are on Twitter. Uh, she is South of Grace, and I am Ajlene's, A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S, and then uh, if you want to check out my work website, it is realcountrystpaul.ca. I actually know it this time. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're finally here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we Getting will my see shit you guys together. next week talking about the first part of Titanic. Titanic. Maybe for Bad Movie Month next year, we'll do the cartoon Titanic movie. Ugh. 
I doubt it. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. We should watch both of them because there was oh, two. No. <laughs> um, anyways, oh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.